0: everyone my name is jonathan freese and you are listening to what the fuck where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore i'm the senior pastor of music of life church appleton and i'm joined by the senior pastor of music of life church kimberly pastor joel swikowski what is
1: happening oh how's it going what a what a season two we've had so far huh
0: it's been fun and it is flying and we are now sure on to the topic of salvation.
1: Oh, nice topic.
0: Yeah, I feel like we've been we've been building and building and building up to this point. So Pastor sure Joel, have. yeah, will you give us some background on this topic?
1: Yeah, speaking of the building, right? We mm-hmm. have talked about fundamental Christianity in a multiple episodes. We've talked mm-hmm. about faith, sin, grace all leading up and building to this. Now, salvation is the first benefit that humans receive from their relationship with God. And a big thing that will help us understand this at the right level throughout the rest of this episode is knowing that salvation simply means the avoidance of a punishment. Now, the history and background then connecting to human beings is we have all sinned and we do deserve punishment from God who is just
0: nice. So how have people been hurt by this topic in the church?
1: Well, we've seen in the episodes that build to this topic that a lot of the doctrine that is foundational to salvation is misunderstood and misapplied. Hmm. So For instance, the causes of salvation are often misunderstood. And when the cause of a concept is misunderstood, the concept itself is misunderstood. Meaning, if I don't understand or have a misunderstanding of the causes of salvation, then logically, that would mean I don't understand salvation itself.
0: Nice. So when you say the causes, you mean like the pieces that make up Right, yeah. Salvation? Okay. Absolutely.
1: Cool. And, you know, as as far as salvation goes, the causes mostly depend on a person's definition for God and their view of sin. Mm. And how really how those two work together. Really, we are sinning human beings. God is just. Mm-hmm. How do we reconcile that? Nice. But really, as far as salvation goes, the big issue here is that so many Christians don't understand the most important thing as it relates to actually being a Christian. We're talking about like, what is the thing that we evangelize? Right. Like, what's what's the thing that's supposed to draw people in? Salvation, right? Literally the most, like
0: the most important yeah. thing.
1: Yes. And it is alarming how many people misunderstand and misapply, misapply this really important doctrine.
0: Wow. Okay. So yeah, we're, so this is a really big topic. This is literally, you know, the most important thing. This is the thing that we would be, you know, waving the flag about the most is, is, yeah. is having salvation. Right. So it's a, it's a huge issue. So what does this conflict or this issue look like in the church, Pastor Joel?
1: Well, we see, you know, a couple sides of this, like, like we normally do. We see the strict and the loose side of this topic. With salvation, the strict side is really a works based religion. Mm. Like, and for instance, like I said earlier, if you have the causes of a concept misunderstood, the concept itself is misunderstood. What we saw in both the faith and the grace episodes, those being the causes of salvation, the strict side of both of those are believed to be done by works. You have faith do works you have grace do these works Mm -hmm. so it would make sense that then many christians would have the same belief about salvation itself so what this kind of looks like then is doing the works of a christian means i don't sin and god is going to then reward me with salvation because of my works
0: Okay. So this is like that mentality of, of doing enough good things. Is that what this is? Yeah. Like when we say, when we say works, we mean like doing good, right. Doing good things.
1: Right. And you know, so it's either a, a lot of times the way that manifests itself is it's either I do good things after I've received Christ as my savior to prove that I'm saved. Or you know what? I need to be a good person before I can even before I can even receive Christ as my savior. Ah. So like, oh, I need to get my life in order before I receive Christ. And that's a, a whole other take on this. I need to do certain good things to earn my ability to be saved. Oh man. So that's really what this looks like. There's a lot of people I've talked to, I've talked to and in, and interacted with a lot of people who constantly have this am i doing enough mhm or even you know what it's almost like this idea of like i don't even want to bother god with this issue until i get this issue figured out yeah so i need to do or be a certain type of person before he'll accept me as one of his children
0: right so it's like clean 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 yourself up and yeah. then go and talk to god or you know clean yourself up and then walk into church
1: Yes. And that those are both beliefs that we see a lot. And the, those are both beliefs that are based in a works based strategy for salvation.
0: So this is, so this is the strict perspective. So how do people support the strict perspective on salvation with the Bible? This works.
1: Yeah, this is work. It's dodgy because mm. it really can't be. Since the Bible mm. plainly states that salvation is not of works and that it's a gift from God. However, people still this is where the application we see is people still tend to be judged according to what they do. I judge a person based on whether or not they tithe, whether or not they go to church enough, whether or not they read their bible enough. Yeah. So, in another way this the another way this kind of looks On the work side, the strict side of this argument, if you could even call this a work, is this idea of, or this measure of people professing themselves as a Christian. An overwhelming number of Christians have the flawed measure for salvation of, if I say I'm a Christian, then I'm a Christian. Ah, so what's your measure for treating somebody like they're a Christian? Because they told me they're a Christian.
0: It's what they say.
1: Because they filled out one of these, you know, surveys. How many like times have you heard, you know, there, there are surveys that say there's over a billion people on the planet who are Christians. What's the measure? They filled the dot that said, yep, I'm a Christian. <laughs> so, because we profess we're Christians, we're Christians is still on this strict side of this argument.
0: Interesting.
1: So yeah, really though, the Bible doesn't support this side. So people will say, I don't believe you can earn your salvation. I don't believe salvation is based on works. Yet a lot of times those same people will judge others when they don't see works in their life.
0: So now we're back to our, our beginning episodes, right? don't, uh, drinking, drinking, swearing, tattoos. Seriously.
1: (laughs) If you would asked me back in those first five episodes, if those would be as important as they have been through these last through season two, talking about salvation. I I don't know if I would have believed you, but we do keep bringing those topics up,
0: man. I'm stuck in the, I'm stuck in the past. No, (laughs) I, I, I do. I think it's, these are and i'm excited that we did those topics because they are very easy to see in someone else and judge what they believe they're they're just you know low low hanging fruit
1: absolutely absolutely so i think it was great i think i think it was great we did those episodes too because they have been they've they've helped these other episodes be more efficient we can point back to them and but those are examples of works. Those are examples of things we see what we need to make sure we're taking into account the how and why behind those things.
0: I like that. And, and, you know, doing, doing things. And and I like how you said the works thing, because so much of it is a lot of people don't judge people based upon the good things that they're doing. They judge, you know, Ooh, yeah. people on what they're not doing. You're, well, yeah. you're not drinking, you're not smoking, you're not swearing. So you must be a christian or a good yeah. person yeah. interesting so okay so in this strict perspective how how if someone were to come up to me and start um you know uh, uh, approaching me regarding this perspective how would i defend myself against them what's the actual issue going on here
1: so well, the issue is these people don't have the non contradictory or objective measure for salvation So I could ask the person, if somebody's, if I'm having a debate or even, let's say, just a friendly discussion with somebody over salvation, and they're on the strict side, I could ask them, what's your measure for salvation? And even asking them, what's your definition for grace and faith? Nice. Because remember, those are the causes of salvation. So here's a little hint for you. If I do the causes of salvation, then that would mean I'm saved as an effect, right? So that's why getting to these definitions will help. But you know, there's there's a lot of other, you know, because we're talking workspace, so we're we're putting all the onus on what a person does, what a person says. I could ask this person too, are you saying that everyone who says they're a Christian is saved mm. and no longer sins? So this gets down to one of the measures people have of being saved is we're not sinners anymore. Nice. But a, a huge issue in this topic is the Bible states we can be assured of our salvation. Right now, I can be sure that I'm saved.
0: Hmm.
1: Yet the majority of the Christians don't have that assurance. hmm You know, 1 John 5, 13 says, these things I have written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life.
0: So that's something that I can have right now. Right now. Nice. So, all right, let's just recap here. Christianity is based on the gift of salvation given to us by Christ, yet Many Christians seem to misunderstand this very, very important topic, even contradicting the Bible by enforcing a works or do-good-things list-based salvation process.
1: Yeah, that's a great summary.
0: Well, no better time than to move on to the loose perspective. Actually, before we do that, why don't we take a call while I'm looking... Looks like we have a call from Pastor Richard Tater. All right. From McMillan, Alabama. All right, Pastor Tater, you're on the line.
2: Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater. How y'all doing? From calling from McMillan, Alabama. Excited to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me. As y'all know. I used to believe there's nothing that we could do to be saved because I believed God was in control of everything. That's right, gentlemen, everything. Y'all helped me realize I couldn't explain God's nature without contradicting myself. Ouch, which led to my depression. Double ouch. Now, I realized I was taught to declare myself saved through predestination, and then control others by pointing to their sinful behavior. Gentlemen, thank you for that restoration program. Woo-hoo! However, my biggest realization this week is that salvation is just the beginning. We have avoided punishment the real benefits of a relationship with god happen after salvation yes amen when y'all gonna cover that though
1: well thanks again amazing perspectives pastor tater um and great question we're actually going to be covering what happens after salvation in season three so stay tuned
2: Season three, I can't wait for that. I'm excited. I'm ready for it right now, but I'll I'll, I'll wait. And and as always, gentlemen, this was my favorite podcast. You hate. God bless.
0: Okay, thank you, Pastor Tater. Wow, it's he's excited. He's jacked. Any comments,
1: Pastor Joel? I mean, it sounds like pastor tater's almost done with the restoration process yeah we know like if he's talking about what he's learning and as salvation and all that stuff i know we're talking about it today but he's getting close to being done for sure awesome
0: yeah this is exciting i'm excited to hear more about what he has to say and oh yeah yeah thank you pastor tater brilliant response as mm-hmm. we're coming to expect so thank you thank you yep all right, Pastor Joel, let's go to the other side of the argument. We've heard the strict side. Now let's hear the loose side. What you got for us?
1: The loose side, again, this this goes to show you why, why we take our time building up to these topics, because we've discussed the concept of universalism, mm-hmm. the belief that everyone will eventually be saved. And a lot of that stems from these beliefs that God is love and that grace is unmerited favor. So that's really the loose side as it relates to salvation. When you combine all these different concepts, the result being that salvation also must be that everybody gets saved because God's love and he would never hold our sin against us. That's just not what a loving God would do.
0: Mm. So how have people been hurt by that perspective?
1: Well, people have been hurt by this Because this belief that everybody gets saved gives people a rationalization to not take responsibility for their lives. Hmm. In other words, you know, what's the point of taking direction from God, from being obedient, from actually growing my understanding and experience of him, growing my ability to take direction from him when no matter what I do. I'm going to be saved, which unfortunately, then this belief is actually preventing people from getting saved. Mm. That's that's pretty obvious how that's hurting people. Mm. People aren't getting saved because of this belief. Wow.
0: So if someone were to come to you with uh, a universalist perspective with this loose perspective, how would you handle it?
1: Well, we're talking to Christians, right? Well, maybe let's say if I'm talking to a Christian, somebody who holds the Bible to be true, I could ask them, you know, if everybody eventually gets to heaven, how do you deal with the people who go to hell or the lake of fire? Hmm. And, you know, a follow-up to that. I've, I've had this conversation before. And a lot of times what I hear in response is, Well, those verses are metaphorical or symbolic of something, but it doesn't mean that the person will be there forever. And it doesn't actually mean that they burn in a lake of fire. So a question I ask that when people throw the metaphor line around, I could ask, well, what's your measure for how you interpret the Bible? How do you know what's a metaphor and what's not? Hmm. How do you know what's a symbol and what's, what's not? How do you know what's figurative and what's literal? That's good. And then, if I'm just talking to anybody, Bible outside of the topic altogether, I could ask the person, why do you ever get mad at anyone? Because the point here being universalism essentially is this belief that nothing I do matters. And that as bad or good as I am is going to result in me being in the same spot as somebody who's super, super good. So if that's the case mm-hmm. and I do bad or evil or destructive things, why are you mad at me? Hmm. Why does it? Cause it, cause it doesn't matter to God. Why does it matter to you? So those are some questions I could ask the person who's on the loose side.
0: Okay. Pastor Joel. So when you see this going on in the church, this topic of salvation, the loose and freedom side, how does this shake out in the
1: church? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts this one, I mean, in in particular, is a, a touchy topic because we're literally talking about the thing that determines somebody's eternal destination. And you know, so it is super important for every individual. And you know, what I what I see is the church because it has a misunderstanding of all this other foundational doctrine has uh also a flawed understanding of salvation itself the thing that we ought to get the most right because it's the thing we are offering people but i don't see the church handling it well and i see the church believing it um you know, according to either the strict or the loose side. So Mm -hmm. like every topic I see in the church, I see this kind of mapping out in three different ways. There's the group of people that I feel sorry for. These are people who think they're saved and they're not. And they're unwilling to hear a perspective that contradicts their universalist belief. That's Mm -hmm. actually the biggest issue here. Yeah, it, it sucks that people are, Thinking they're saved and they're not, but the real issue with these, the real issue with these people. And the reason I feel sorry for them is because they aren't willing to hear another perspective Mm. because what these people are doing is avoiding these discussions because they actually fear the consequences of what it could mean for their life and how they've been living it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about how I'm responsible because I haven't been doing a great job of being responsible, but these people can end up depressed because it is a contradiction to put all of the responsibility on God. When in reality, God is the cause of our salvation. God gets the credit for our salvation, but we are responsible for it. There's the people that we understand. Like, I understand why people believe this. These are people who left the church. And we've seen this a lot, you know, you, you and me are pastors of churches who minister to people who've been hurt by church, oftentimes leaving the church because of the damage they've experienced. Right. And we have experienced a lot of experience with people who've left because they've, they've been judged because they've been judged as an unbeliever due to not having the traditional works in their life. Like maybe, you know, maybe these people are the ones we talked about in our first, episodes these are people who maybe somebody judges them because they saw them out at a restaurant drinking a beer or maybe they have too many tattoos to look like a christian maybe they don't tithe maybe they don't read their bible enough so these people leave the church because of the judgment they experience from other christians Mm -hmm. now these people may not even know what salvation actually is but they do know that whatever the church is doing is wrong Then there's the people that I'm impressed with. These are the group of people that they understand that salvation is a process that begins with confession and repentance. Hmm. These people understand and live out faith and grace. Nice. The causes of salvation, right? Yeah. These people take direction from a God. That's grace, right? Take direction from a God that they can't see which requires faith in hopes of receiving or in belief of receiving a future benefit, which again is faith. So that's how faith and grace even work together there. These people we look up to over time, take more direction from a God they can't see.
0: That is so exciting. I love, I love the way that you put that there, you know, Grace and faith are the causes of salvation. So the equation that I have in my brain is like to understand how this, like the causes and the effect of salvation work together is faith plus grace equals salvation, right? So salvation is, you know, equal to living by grace through faith you have to have these two elements together, faith and grace, in order to equal salvation. Yes. And to Pastor Richard Tater's point, there's so much more. (laughs) He's already gone. There's so much more. You know, let's talk about the more.
1: Yep. Yep. This is just the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So we've been waiting patiently, Pastor Joel. What's the ultimate answer for the topic of salvation?
1: Well, we've been waiting patiently but you haven't had to because we've actually given the answer to this what? in previous episodes. The what? ultimate answer is fundamental Christianity.
0: Uh, okay. One,
1: take direction from God. And two, confess and repent when you don't. Nice. Which means you're then taking direction from God, right? The repentance part.
0: Yeah, that would be the, the yeah, you do something wrong. <laughs> and so you repent. You do the right, right thing. Yeah, and that's so what God Notice telling you to do, right? Right,
1: and that's it. That's the point there is notice um, God would tell you mm-hmm. to confess and repent when you do something wrong. Right. So actually, these steps of fundamental Christianity are actually steps of living out faith and grace. Mm. So, you know, going back to the beginning of the history of this episode, the, the history we started this episode with. Everyone sins, and everyone deserves punishment from a just God, and God is just. We covered that in depth. However, our response to sin shows if we intended to do it or not, and a just God is focused on that, on the response, because God is just not only in what we see and what he does but in the why and the how as well so kind of clearing this up so what what would i say you know we're talking about fundamental christianity take direction from god confess and repent when you don't what about a new believer what do we tell them to do well what so or in other words what's the born again experience nice when I make the decision to put God first in my life, that's a way I could define being born again, right? Mm-hmm. Is He and His Spirit and His influence is the most important and the biggest priority of my life. I'm he, gonna do,
0: yeah. I'm gonna do what He says. I'm going yeah. to take direction from Him. I'm gonna, even if I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, He's I, my leader in all things. There you go. That's really what the born-again experience is like, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. So what's this look like? Let's do like a little traditional, like born-again prayer. Dear Lord, I'm wrong in how I've lived my life. Confession. Yep. I now submit to you and ask that you guide me in my life. Repentance. Beautiful. So the born-again experience is really the first time that I actually confess and repent nice to, to God. So that's all, that's all connected there.
0: That's cool. So pastor Joel, this kind of reminds me of when you talked about grace being like medicine, right? Grace being this pill that we take that helps heal us. Right. So when I take this pill, it's my responsibility to take it yes. and I don't get credit for the healing that i experience so i think if we were to go even you know to take that analogy and go bigger you know not only is it not only does it work with grace but it also works with the idea of salvation so it's my responsibility to live by grace through faith right it is my faith That I am believing in something that I can't see or something that hasn't happened yet. I am believing in something that is invisible. I am responsible to take direction from God and to learn how to do that and grow in that over time. Yes. And the result is that I'm showing God that I want to be with him. Therefore, he is saving me from an eternity away from him. Right. And so when I, when I live here in this life and live according to that, I'm saying, God, I want to do that in this life and in the next life as well.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And it, it is like, so this, it's such a great analogy that not only is anal just to analogous to grace but like you said it fits with salvation as well and a great way of seeing how god gets the credit but we are responsible or god is the cause right because what we're really seeing through this episode is a lack of sin isn't what saves me righteousness is what saves me but not my righteousness god's righteousness right it's the righteousness of god that saves me and this is where I'm silly if I say I healed myself when I take a pill. Right. Well, the pill did. That right. pill is God's righteousness, right? Right. I'm silly to say I saved myself. Yeah. <laughs> because God saved me. Yet, God didn't make me get saved. And it was, you know, it's the, the second half of the definition of grace and its reflection in the life that I'm responsible for.
0: Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Hey, everyone. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.